Welcome back to Stumps. Jordan Canellis and Bryce McGain with you, talking all things cricket, talking all things Australia and New Zealand, and also looking towards the Big Bash tonight, which uh, brings us the grand final rematch from last season, one of the most memorable grand finals that we've had through the first eight seasons of uh, the BBL. It's under different circumstances this time. It won't be, oh, who knows, it might be as competitive, but the Renegades certainly need to get a wriggle on after a very sluggish start to the season. Dan Cherney from The Age is at the G. He'll be there covering the game tonight in Melbourne. He's joining us now on Stumps. Hello, Dan. How are you? Uh, good to be with you, Jordan. Bryce, happy new year. Happy new year to you too. Um, firstly, before we get into the BBL, just your thoughts, I suppose. You watch a lot of cricket. Your thoughts on the Australia-New Zealand series so far and what we've seen so far through the first... Uh, two days in Sydney. Oh, well, I suppose it's, it's not. What is there to say? It's been uh, very one-sided, hasn't it? Uh, the Aussies just completely dominant. Um, a little bit of resistance at last shown by New Zealand with the bat um, late this afternoon, but um, too little, too late. Uh, I think as Jared Waitley put it on um, ICN the other day, you know, sort of all manner of calamity has befallen New Zealand. It's, it's sort of the, the nature. It's, it's uh, sort of the, the ch- checking every box on what can go wrong on an Australian tour. You know. <laughs> <laughs> illness and injury. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, you love it. It's, 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 it is sort of um, uh, a bit of black humour, but it, it is like that. Um, you get, um, you know, illness and injury and lack of form and just um, guys just not, not um, adjusting to the conditions and sort of arriving too late, not having a tour match, sort of lose you on the back foot. Um, you know, selection controversy there and yesterday with Southie and Henry. Um, even, you know, the replacements get, you know, got... Um, Guys coming back, you know, Jet Ravalo to be recalled after being dropped and then getting sick. So it's just been, you know, calling over Will Somerville um, for uh, to, to play. It is um, at his home, his sort of old home ground. It's uh, it's been very one-sided. But I think Australia's um, Australia barely put a foot wrong. Uh, you know, if, if and especially given Steve Smith hasn't dominated. I mean, he's, he's probably been edged in his battle by um, with with Neil Wagner. It's been probably the one who's been just about the one shining light for New Zealand, but, you know, a couple of good batting efforts here and there. But um, it's, uh, it's it's been, um, you know, that's, that's made Australia's performance a little more remarkable. And obviously, um, Manus Slobbershane, I think, you know, it's, it's just, uh, it, 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 we run out of superlatives, don't we? It's just extraordinary to think um, how this guy's going. And now that he, you know, he moved ahead of ahead of Smith, um, the all-time Australian test averages, he just couldn't have, wouldn't have picked it in a million years. But, uh here we are, January 4th, 2020, and Marcus Lovershane stands behind uh, Don Bradman. <laughs> it's incredible, isn't it? He just can't stop making runs. We, we started that at the beginning of the show. It's quite incredible, Dan. But, look, the Australian team looked pretty complete. It's uh, probably six months ago. We were a bit unsure about where we stood just before the Ashes. What's our best team? We're not too sure. But we've really given opportunity to players like Marnus, and then our bowling attack is, is world-class. It's as good as it gets. Yeah, no, um, you're right, Bryce. Uh, but especially in Australian conditions now that, um, especially with Smith and Warner back and Marnus having sort of established himself the, bat- the batting issue, admittedly not against um, quality, an attack the calibre of the one that we we saw last summer against India. But um, nevertheless, that um, Warner, Labuschagne, and and, um, and to, a, to a lesser extent Smith have, have, have batted well this summer. And, and then obviously you've got the, um, the, the nice cameo from Head in, in Melbourne, and, and um, I mean Joe Burns and Matthew Wade haven't probably set the world on fire, but haven't been complete flops either. So, in terms of, and then Tim Payne's made runs down the order. So, in terms of a batting lineup, you know, it's it's you couldn't ask for too much more, really. Um, which, given the struggles that they had over the previous two years, um, 
even when even when Smith and Warner were playing, that they were they were still susceptible before the bounds. They were still susceptible to um, to some serious collapses. So it's been um, yeah, you can only play the opposition you're up against, and in the bowling, you're, you're right. Um, I mean, the way Mitchell Starks bounced back from his his uh, difficult time in England, um, Pat Cummins clearly just outstanding. Um, Josh Hazelwood very very solid, and, and you know then he goes down and you get. Uh, a fresh James Pattinson who comes and fires up in Melbourne, and um, and Nathan Lyon all the while sort of just sort of flying under the radar. Australia's greatest ever ever spinner. So um, no, there's there's not much to complain about really from an Australian perspective. They've uh, they've barely put a foot wrong all summer, and uh, you know there'll be bigger tests to come. But you can only beat who you're playing. And New Zealand came here as the second ranked test nation in the world, and and uh, truth be told, they've been pantsed. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Look, the, the bit of a break for the test matches. Uh, our next test series is in June, I believe, uh, against Bangladesh. Is that right? Yes, I think that's that's correct. Yeah. Um, the, a, couple, a couple of tests in Bangladesh, where they uh, Australia did oh. actually play not that not that long ago. Just uh, less than it'll be less than three years between those series. It was just one of the quirks of the of the various future tours programs. I think sort of one was, one was towards the end of the of the last. FTP when Australia hadn't actually played in Bangladesh for 11 years before that and then uh, they had one series cancelled because of security concerns and then um, they're coming back there in, inside three years but uh, the, the last I was fortunate enough actually to cover that series in Bangladesh in 2017 it was one of it was really floated probably a bit under the radar given it was um, in August and, and around uh, footy uh, late, late, you know footy season and, and heading into the finals but it was a grouping test series uh, one all uh, Australia lost a classic test in, in Parker and then, then bounced back in Chittagong and um, in a match in which the Aussies played in really um, extremely yeah. adverse conditions, uh, you know, oppressive heat. So uh, I think it'll be a good test. Uh, obviously, Bangladesh hurt by the, the 12 month suspension to Shakir Balasan, which is um, which does you know is, is a huge dent to their chance to their chances. But um, yeah, I mean, we've got a little while to worry about yeah. that. And I suppose the, the, it'll be interesting to see how much. From a selection perspective, whether they go back to whether a guy like Burns, maybe to a lesser extent Wade, I mean, the other four are clearly locked in. But I think Burns and Wade, in terms of the top six, probably the two that are most vulnerable. And have they done enough on the basis of their international form, or will they need to make compelling cases still in the back half of the Shield season and over over and above some of the some of the challenges for their Test spots? You know, whether it's a Marcus Harris can come out and make a lot more run, you know, bounce back and make runs in the Shield, a Cameron Bancroft. Um, Matt Renshaw's dropped off the face of the earth a little bit from a red ball perspective, but um, you know he's, he's uh, you know he's still proving himself to be a, a capable Test player. Uh, Pukowski and Maddinson, these guys, Curtis Patterson. Um, it's hard to believe that you know less than twelve months since he burst onto the Test scene so well. Mm-hmm. So um, look, they're probably good issues for Australia to have. And then you've got you know whether they the all rounders, um, whether it's a Mitch Marsh who, if he can get fit again, does, does he and an Ashton Hagar perhaps. Are they in the frame? Uh, and then obviously they're going to look at Swepson. You'd imagine will almost certainly go on that tour. And I'd imagine they'll probably take a third spinner as well with Agar probably in the box seat there as the spinning all-rounder. Hey, Dan, uh, you're at the MCG for the Big Bash clash tonight between the Stars and the Renegades. You wrote a story uh, in The Age yesterday, which uh, went around on the uh, on the Fairfax websites, about the uh, the new world of, of Victorian cricket and how... The um, the ownership structure of uh, of the stars and the renegades pretty much from the start of the big bash was different to how they did it over in uh, up in Sydney with their uh, two teams up there. Um, tell us a bit about the the premise of of the story and, and sort of what you mean about the the the, the difference now and, and how the the rivalry is a bit different or how it's grown I suppose between the stars and the renegades. 
Yeah, it, um, it's a bit of a backroom sort of story. Um, it's, it's not one that, um, you know, for people who just sort of drift in and out of the, of the Big Bash, um, when it comes around, would probably be um, too across or necessarily care that much about. Um, but uh, it, it happened in May. It was, again, it sort of again floated under the radar in Melbourne because it was uh, against the backdrop of, uh, A, the Cricket World Cup was happening in England, so all sort of the world's cricket eyes were set there, plus... Obviously, you had the footy season going on, which obviously takes up a lot of attention there. But the Cricket Victoria, um, they uh, they got rid of both clubs, um, boards, the Stars and the Renegades, and the C- and the respective CEOs, Clint Cooper from the Stars and Stuart Coventry from the Renegades, um, and brought them back, brought the uh, powers sort of back in-house. Um, so the, 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 uh, ultimately, the Cricket Victoria's board now runs both clubs, uh, and um, there, there are no CEOs for either team. You've got a... You've got internal heads, Cricket Victoria, who oversee both teams from a, a from a cricket operations perspective and, and B from a commercial and marketing perspective, and then, and then it sort of goes down towards um, cricket. Uh, you know, there are cricket operations staff staffs at both uh, at um, staff at both clubs, uh, coaches, list managers, assistant coaches, uh, you know, physios, etc. So uh, it's it's one that sort of um, got people talking quite a bit in cricket circles, um, particularly Victorian cricket circles. Uh, Fair to say that the views um, from the people I've been speaking to, they're mixed. Um, some have seen it as a breath of fresh air, perhaps just to take away a little bit of the um, the pressure that might come from boards. Um, uh, it's, it's probably helped a little bit. Um, around, certainly it was one view that might have helped early days um, uh, for, for some of the cricket staff. But then by the same token, um, the delineation of responsibility, um, perhaps not as clear as it had been, um, staff a bit more stretched. Um, so, I mean, you had the high-profile people like Eddie McGuire and Jason Dunstall who have been the respective uh, chairman of, of, of chairs of their clubs. So um, these are pretty high-powered people who are no longer involved. Um, the proof will be in the pudding, really, but uh, it, it's sort of, it makes for a sort of interesting backdrop ahead of tonight's match, which obviously, as you touched on, at, at, um, not long, just, just earlier, comes as the first meeting between the clubs since last summer's extraordinary final, which um, really, I, I, I dare say it's one of the most amazing, probably the most amazing sports match I've, I've ever seen. <laughs> it was um, quite amazing, wasn't it? The, the, the yeah. Stars had it all in the bag and then suddenly the Renegades from nowhere. Yeah, no, you're right, Bryce. It was sort of in, in really in oh, half an hour or even less, just completely flipped on its head. It was about the space of five overs. Um, stars, you know, they were numbed down for... Uh, Top of my head is that none for 90 chasing 145 or something like that, and um, but they weren't quite going at a, at a clip that, that they had completely had it in the bag uh, or sort of legislated against a collapse. Um, still, you no one no one could have seen it coming really, and then suddenly one wicket fell, two wickets fell, and, and the stars fell on the hole. And by the end, the Renegades almost did it easily. So the um, Renegades they, they run, they run quite comfortably. Yeah, the the Renegades this season though, a different coach, uh, and it's been a real challenge uh, for Michael Klinger, uh, starting his coaching career with the Renegades, coaching the the former champions, and they they're yet to have a win. Uh, what does it look like for tonight? Because the Stars are on top. It's top versus bottom, and uh, it's a real challenge for the Renegades. It's do or die now. Yeah, no, it's a. It's a it's it's a pretty fair assessment, Bryce. I mean, he's a lot of bit of a hiding to nothing, I suppose you could say, um, Michael Klinger. When you when you take over as the coach of the, of the defending champions, there's, there's, there's not much improvement to let to go. You know, the only way I got, the only way is, is down, I suppose, in some respect, or, or obviously stay at the top. But uh, he, um, I mean, he, he 
surely wouldn't have anticipated such a dramatic fall to lose five in a row. Um, and they are um, they're in all all sorts of the renegades. I mean, they haven't been they haven't been completely smashed, uh, which is um, probably a, a good sign. It's not like they're absolutely being you know, pummeled every game they play, but they're, as Aaron Finch said after the loss to the Sydney Sixers yep. on Thursday night at, at Marvel Stadium, they um, they're just losing in two or three overs a match, and some of the moments that sort of came off last year, I feel, are just not not coming off this year. I think those, um, I mean. Guys aren't going on with school. Um, you know, Finch himself has made a couple of 50s. Sean Marsh made a 50 against the Scorchers, but they're not going on with it. Uh, you know, drop catches, missed runouts, little you know, missed fields. Um, the bowling, Kane Richardson's been outstanding. Cameron Boyce has been solid again, but um, Dan Christian hasn't performed like he, had, like he did last year. And then, uh, unfortunately, um, uh, Richard Gleeson, who's come in as... Um, uh, as one of their imports from England, uh, as a death bowler, just hasn't looked up to it to this stage of the season. And been taken apart. Been a a, yeah, yeah, he's been a bit of a liability. He was a bit better like the other night, but even then, he, you know, he went for a six in the final over, which, um, you know, effectively ensured the match was going to, uh, the way this went the way the sixes. So, yeah, um, they've got Harry Gurney um, due back tonight, having missed. Uh, he, he too has had a great start the season after performing very well. In their, in their title win last year, but um, he's back from his brother's wedding, he used to game back to England for, for that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, time is, is running out for them. They're, they're 0-5. They're helped by the fact that a, the season goes for 14 games now, like it did last year, second season of that full home and away campaign, and also the fact that there are now five teams out of eight that make the finals. So there is a little bit more breathing space, and they could probably sneak in with, say, six wins and, and, a, and a moderate uh, net run rate would probably do it. So they probably need to win at least six of their last nine, which is not completely impossible. And there's, uh, there's enough talent in that team, but they are going to lose Finch and Kane Richardson to um, international duties. And, and then uh, also a couple of guys um, who haven't been playing, uh, uh, to, to be fair, in um, Fraser McGurk and, and um, Mackenzie Harvey to Australia and under-19 duties. So uh, they're, they're up against the, the Renegades and uh, yeah, they arrive here against the Stars team that's, um, that's flying, as you said, top of the table, lost just the, lost just the one game. Um, it's very well balanced. Uh, spoil for Richard, you know, sport for choice. You know, they, they, they're able to leave out the, the red hot Harris Ralph um, to bring back Sandy Lamachane. Um, so that, they're, they're going great guns for stars, and uh, you know, nothing will, um, will avenge for last. Uh, will, uh, it won't be vengeance for last something's final because that, that's, a, that's a final, and you know, there's, there's nothing like it. But um, you know, they can really. Uh, really tighten the screws on the Renegade season with, with a win here tonight at the MCG. Yeah, no doubt about that. And the big blow to the Renegades, as you mentioned, is is Kane Richardson. He's their leading wicket taker, and uh, Aaron Finch is their second run scorer. Although he hasn't set things on fire, they're both out uh, from the next mm. game. One of the sides that really interests me, and this is a bit of a broader view rather than tonight's game. Brisbane Heat. They just seem to be finding a bit of touch. They they belted the ball around the park down. Uh, in Tassie last night, and they looked to found their mojo on the back of a Darren Lehman spray, I understand. Uh, but with someone <laughs> like an AB de Villiers coming back into that lineup, suddenly things look very, very different. Yeah, I mean, they're such a hot and cold team, the Heat, and they really have been for a few years now. Um, their best is sort of is unstoppable. I mean, there's such firepower, as we know, at the top of the order. Um, I mean, when, when they had Brennan McCullum, but you know, now, now they've obviously Chris Lynn. Um, you know Ben Cutting, Max Bryant, uh, and the like, and, and um, Tom Banton, who's coming from England, has shown a bit of that. He's going to be replaced by De Villiers, but 
um, that there is a, a heap of heap of talent there uh, when it all comes together. But um, their worst, as we saw the other night on the Gold Coast, is very poor. So the challenge for them, as it has been for a while now, will be to string some consistent performances together. But, the, but that is sort of the nature of this big bash. Um, there is, is quite a, you know, 2020 cricket uh, can be a radical. The salary cap means that the, the talent is very evenly spread across the teams. Um, it probably says it all that the Renegades, who are the reigning champions, are, are, are the bottom of the table team uh, this year with, without much having changed. Uh, and really, you know, it's not like they were absolutely blowing teams off the park last year. So that they were getting by in a lot of close games and, and um, sort of scrapping their way to wins on the back of bits and pieces of performance of the Renegades. So, uh, the, the broader point is that it is a very even competition. There's, there's not much between any of the teams, and I, I think it's still very, very much wide open. The Heat, um, because of their firepower, that they have to be, um, you know, considered, um, and they're not going to lose Lynn, who's not in the Australian um, white ball setup anymore. Uh, they're going to keep him, so they'll be dangerous, and they've got, they'll get James Pattinson as well. So um, they, they uh, they're a team team clearly to watch, but um, uh, not necessarily any more than. Than half a dozen other teams, because um, as I said, it is you can probably really throw a blanket over mm. over most of this competition. Dan, thank you very much for joining us uh, this evening on Stumps. We'll talk to you very soon again, I'm sure, throughout the uh, rest of the cricket and Big Bash season. Enjoy the derby tonight at the G. Pleasure, guys. Have a good one. Cheers, Dan. Dan Journey there from the Age in Melbourne, uh, getting ready to cover the Stars v Renegades grand final clash. The first time these sides meet in this Big Bash season. This is Stumps, Jordan Canellis and Bryce McGain with you. Off the back of that, we'll chat a bit about the Big Bash up next and the uh, some of the controversy from during the week about Harris-Ralph in, in the game the other day against the Sydney Thunder, as well as some other fascinating cricket topics that were raised throughout the week. Stumps returns next.